Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Our Coast to Coast presented by Wheelan Engineering, also brought to you by Hercules Tires here on the Motor Racing Network. I'm Hannah Newhouse, joined as always by my co-host Kyle Ricky. In this past weekend, out on the West Coast, the Bill McAnally Racing Academy kicked off their 2021 campaign. Again, this is a series conducted of multiple two-day show weekends where drivers are part of this academy, race against each other to accumulate points and get their shot at not only an ARCA West ride, but also a chance to race in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race later in the year at Phoenix. They kick their season off at All-American Speedway for a two-day show both Friday and Saturday, Friday being 35 laps and Saturday being 50. It'd be Cole Moore who would sweep both events. Friday was Cole Moore over Gabe Summers, Brandon Varney, Amber Balkin, and JoLynn Wilkinson. And Saturday was Cole Moore once again over JoLynn Wilkinson, who actually qualified on the pole uh, Brandon Varney, Gabe Summers, and Amber Balkin being your top five. Their next race is April 9th and 10th. They'll return to All-American Speedway. And right now, again, those points, they do go to something being that chance at an ARCA West shot and a Camping World Truck Series shot. Uh, Cole Moore leads the points eight over Gabe Summers, 100 to 98, Kyle. I think Cole Moore is going to be hard to beat. I yes. mean, I was able to watch the highlights of both of the races over the weekend, both Friday and Saturday. And, and once he got out front, and it happened early in both races, uh, he was able to drive away. Good run for, for JoJo Wilkinson. I believe it was like a year ago this week. We had JoJo on the show for the first time. I think she was our first Zoom guest as we were figuring out uh, Zoom uh, a year ago here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. And she kindly joined us. So it's good to see her improve from race one to race two. and. You know, I think right now, if anyone can beat Cole, it is probably her. I guess they have uh, this coming weekend off. They'll be back in action in two weeks. Yeah, again, these cars that are uh, being raced in the BMR Academy are ARCA cars, essentially. Uh, yep. uh, they're ARCA cars to a T. And Cole Moore, lots of experience behind the wheel for both BMR uh, and in that series. So he's got a lot of experience both on the West Coast and in those cars working in his favor. It will be interesting to watch. Again, almost 26 races. I think it is 14 weekends or something along. The lines of that. But Kyle, we keep seeing racetracks open up over the course of the last few weeks. Weather's starting to finally warm up. But every once in a while, we get these racetracks that are kind of stuck in a location uh, that they are at the mercy of Mother Nature when it comes to those seasons. And one of them that we don't talk about quite enough here on the show is Alaska Raceway Park uh, up in Patton. I believe it's Patton. Palmer. Palmer was close. Palmer, Alaska. Uh, they're getting ready to kick their season off. Uh, but they have not only a short track, a third-mile short track, they also are the home to a drag strip as well. Yeah, it's quite a facility. It's been around for decades, going back to, I believe, the 1960s. Um, the asphalt oval, still relatively new, just a couple of years old. And it's one of those tracks on my bucket list, and I don't have a lot left on my bucket list. But this is one just because of the scenery around the racetrack. I mean, it looks like an amazing facility. But then sitting in the grandstands and looking off at the landscape surrounding the, the facility, 
It's amazing. I understand it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, look forward to talking to Michelle about, about that and her family's involvement in this racetrack uh, here coming up in a little bit. Yeah, Michelle Maynard, the general manager, uh, a family affair over at Alaska Raceway Park. And we're going to keep that theme of talking to track promoters. We've talked to Jeff Striegel. Recently, last week, we talked to Chase Brashears over at South Boston. And this week, we're going to dial up Michelle Maynard. With Alaska Raceway Park, uh, she's a busy gal. She has a lot of different roles at both the racetrack and in life. So looking forward to talking to her here after the break on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. We talked about it, continuing the trend of talking to some of our track promoters across the country. This one a little bit farther than we're used to. We're joined now by Michelle Maynard, General Manager of Alaska Raceway Park. First off, Michelle, I know you've got a lot going on on your plate right now. So thank you for taking some time out of your day here to join us on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Now, before we get into how you got involved with Alaska Raceway Park and your racing background in general, your guys' season is getting ready to kick off in just a little over a month in May. How excited are you that the time has come upon us uh, and race season's about ready to get underway for you guys? I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. We're, we're looking forward to it. Unfortunately, it's still snowing. So um, hopefully Mother Nature gets her act together and Uh, Things warm up and get melted, but right now the track is under probably two feet of snow. So, um, but I'm looking forward to seeing everybody and getting getting back in the swing of things. To to bounce off of what Hannah just asked about this year, how did last year go for you guys with COVID? About a year ago at this point, everything starting to shut down, and and there were some racetracks um, down here on the East Coast that had a tough time opening up if they were able to open up at all. What did a 2020 look like for you guys up there? Well, March, March was a little bit sketchy. Of course, you know, that the state shut down, everybody shut down and, um, you know, we do events and, and it's, it's not for me, it's, it's not just the events. It's, you know, these are, these are my people, you know, and these are people I don't see all winter. And, and the thought of not being able to do that was, uh, was pretty devastating actually. So um, we were fortunate. I mean, I'm, I, I think, thank the stars all the time that we live in Alaska because, um, our, our state, you know, we weren't open to other people coming in state, but we have a lot of people that were here and where the track is situated out in the Valley. It was, it was fairly open. And so 
uh, we started a couple weeks late, but we were able to get people there. And the first weekend was super nerve wracking because it was like, I don't know, I don't know if the racers are going to come. I don't know if we're going to have any fans. I don't know what it's, what it's going to look like. And then after the first weekend, it was kind of just a game on like everybody, this was their little piece of normal for a lot of people. And, um, I'm very thankful that we were able to provide that. Kyle and I talked about that uh, quite a bit last year when we finally were able to get back to racetracks. It was the sense of normal that we all craved. But I want to jump into your racing background. Originally from Wisconsin, but you somehow ended up out in Alaska Raceway or Alaska uh, being the manager and promoting a racetrack with your family. How did it come about that you and your family somehow got the keys to Alaska Raceway Park? Well, we we were farmers in Alaska and uh, ended up, our whole family moved up here in the early 80s to start a farming project here. And um, dad had raced, we had been involved with dirt track racing in Wisconsin. Um, so when we got up here, my brother started racing four-wheelers and then uh, he got an El Camino in high school. So we started drag racing. Um, at that time, Alaska Raceway Park was just a drag strip and uh, it evolved. I started racing there as soon as I could drive. Uh, My little brothers were racing. Uh, The family went in and um, purchased the track from some other people that were out there racing. And then eventually dad kind of bought them out. Um, I got pregnant with my daughter in 1997. And so they were like, well, you you know, you can't race anymore, but maybe you want to work here. And so then I get stuck up in the tower doing slips and stuff. And um, and it's just kind of snowballed from there. I've, I've still been racing, but um, I really enjoy putting the events together. Um, we started building the race, the circle track in at the end of 2014 and, and all of 2015. Um, and so in 2016, when we opened it up, dad's like, here you go. You know, I got this built, but you're the one who's going to have to make it work. And and I didn't know anything about circle track racing. So uh, I've got quite a lot of um, on the job training. I was going to ask you about the the facility. Uh, we talk about the oval track here um, on the show on a fairly regular basis, but there's a lot going on. I, I was looking at the schedule earlier this week on that property when you're not under two feet of snow, but I mean, it's more than just the circle track, the drag strip, uh, very much a part of the facility still all these years later. Yeah, the originally the facility was opened in 1964, um, and we recently switched over and are now an NHRA-sanctioned drag strip, so we're a quarter-mile track. When you head down the drag strip, it looks like you're going to go right into the base of Pioneer Peak, so it's probably one of the most beautiful racetracks around, um, and, and so we started with that. Adding on uh, a NASCAR track was just kind of um, a good direction for us to go. Uh, we There was a, a circle track that was up here that unfortunately, due to where it was it was located and, and management stuff, it ended up closing. And so we had this void for all of these guys that had late models and legends and the baby grands and they needed a place to go. And so we have the property and we made that happen. That answered my next question there. I always tell people when I'm from Idaho and, of course, are involved in racing, they're like, what? You guys have tracks? How are there cars? That was my question with Alaska. That seems like a place to open a racetrack. You're like, are there people that race out there? But I do want to continue the conversation on your background is in drag racing. You get the keys to run the short track. And I'd recently read an article. You really leaned on Doug and Lori Hobbs of Evergreen Speedway. And those people are amazing. I've been to Evergreen Many a times throughout my racing career and, of course, now my career in uh, in media, 
What was the biggest learning curve for you in, I guess I can say, dealing with the short track racers? Um, it's, I mean, it, racers are racers no matter where you go. You know, you go to a racetrack and, and there's kind of already this kind of instant bond. Um, the, the drag racers have watched me grow up. And so I already had that, um, that connection with them. They knew who I was and, and what I was going to do. And um, we, we've added the second family onto our, our track family um, and, and they're learning me and I'm learning them and, and they know that I don't know the sport and this is what they do. And so uh, some of them are very helpful with that. And some of them are, a little less than helpful, but we're all kind of working through some things together. <laughs> and, and I think now that we're, we're going into our sixth race season, you know, they, they understand where I'm coming from. I, I get where they're coming from. Um, they know that, you know, I'm learning, like, if I don't know what's going on, I, I spend the time and I do some research to try to figure it out. Um, and, and so we're kind of, we're growing together. Um, but, you know, the, the very first circle track race I ever went to was opening day at our track. And uh, that was very nerve-wracking for me. That's uh, now, what, five years ago, going into your sixth season, as you mentioned. Um, you mentioned a few of the divisions a moment ago that uh, you were hoping to attract. What's a NASCAR night look like at your facility during the summer months? Well, we have, um, we have a, a pretty good late model class. Um, we've added, I think they're adding three or four cars this summer. Um, it's, it's a little bit harder up here because we don't have, you know, if, if you want a late model car, you're going to Las Vegas or California or wherever and getting it and bringing it up here. Um, so we run a, a pretty good baby grand division. Um, we have a Thunderstock class and then we just added last summer, a bomber stock class. One of our racers was really uh, instrumental in drafting the rules for me for that and putting them together. And those are all, um, NASCAR knockoffs so they use the the old um paint schemes and stuff but then they come up with some some sort of pun to kind of go with it so they're they're pretty funny but that they're i think we're gonna have almost 20 cars in that class this year and they're just building them all and having fun if fingers crossed if uh, we get mine put together we'll we'll have one of those out there too but um we have the inex uh nx legends class and then this year we're adding bandoleros for the kids um, we do have some sprint cars up here, so they, they come out and play occasionally and the, uh, dirt late models come and, and try it out on the asphalt every once in a while, just to kind of have a little fun. Definitely a full slate of events for you guys. Uh, and we're looking forward to watching, uh, some of it and seeing, seeing how the season goes, but we've talked about the scenery. Obviously you have one of the most beautiful backdrops, uh, of any racetrack that we've ever seen. The pictures always seem to just blow me away, but I have to ask, there's a metal dinosaur skeleton somewhere on the property what is that how what is that affiliation because uh, it seems to be a staple in every photo <laughs> so my brother back in the day my younger brother john worked at a fabrication shop and so they built that out of aluminum and it's this whole uh tyrannosaurus rex i mean he's he's huge i don't even know how tall he is but he's really big and they, we've got him concreted down right there at the starting line of the drag strip. And he's been there ever since we moved him out. So that is why um, our mascot for the racetrack that we finally got around to getting to is a, is a T-Rex. And so um, he's, he's there, he's part of it. And it's just, it's just kind of neat. So we're, we're kind of going with it. 
Very cool. Very, very cool. Again, uh, I hope to get there, hopefully this year, maybe next year, uh, once travel restrictions are lifted. But you said in, in the, the video, Advanced Auto Parts and NASCAR right now, Home Tracks, really cool campaign where you can go vote for your favorite home track. Every track has a video. You said uh, tracks in the middle of nowhere. What's exactly in the middle of nowhere out there in Palmer, Alaska? <laughs> well, I mean, if you, Alaska is a huge state, you know, and, um, and actually, you know, if you cut it in half, we're still going to be the, the first and second largest states in the union, because that would put Texas at third a little little Alaska trivia there. Um, but we're, we're 45 minutes north of Anchorage. So we're really not that far removed, but we're, we're out by the Matanuska Glacier. We're out by the Kinnick River. Um, we're in this little valley um, in the Butte and it's, it's not in any sort of big city or anything like that, but we're the only thing really in the state. We've got a couple dirt tracks, but there are no other NASCAR tracks. You know, we're, we're it. We're doing what we can do to kind of um, grow our racers, but also work with the racetracks in Kenai. Kenai's um, two and a half hours away. Fairbanks is about five or six hours away. Uh, you know, we we do have other tracks, but they're very far, far few and far between. And so um, we're we're here, and we we made this happen out of nothing. You know, the guys have been going out. Um, I announced we were doing bandoleros at the banquet last year. And so I had drivers go out and they picked up four cars from California from a track that had been closed, you know, because we just, you don't have it. You, you either got to make it or you got to go buy it out of, you know, and you can't just go to, I don't know, the, the nearest track. I joke like in North Carolina, you know, you can go 15 minutes in any direction and hit a racetrack. Um, that's, that's not the case here. And so we're, we're creating something, um, because everybody has that racing bug anyhow, but we're creating something that, that they can be proud of and that they can show off to their family, you know, when we're on TV and stuff and it's kind of neat. Yeah, it definitely takes uh, a village, that village being both, of course, uh, the the promotion side of things and the drivers to make a racetrack work every week. But last question here for you. I love your bio because your Twitter bio, because it says racer, part-time racer, wife, promoter, mom, past roller derby. We talked about that prior to the show as well. Uh, Endure of all things. And I love that because I relate to that. I feel like I'm in every direction all the time. But you've mentioned getting back behind the wheel a couple times this year, if possible. Do you have a couple weekends you're eyeing? Are you going to try the circle track thing or stick to the drag racing? I, I heard you mention the Thunderstock kind of thing. Well, um, at the, the end of last season, I was fortunate. One of my drivers let me borrow his Thunderstock uh, car. And I went down to Kenai and got to try my hand at dirt track racing. And, um, you know, I got there and, and I was like, okay, so when's practice? You know, what are we doing? And it's like, there's no practice. You just go out and qualify. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I don't even know, like anything. So they threw me in this car and uh, they let me play on the dirt. And um, on the way home, I was like, oh man, we should, we should check with Ryan and see if he's got another, like, I want to do this. And maybe it's only once a year, but um, I want to go, you know, and, and, and race and not be in charge of the racetrack. Um, so I'll, we're working on uh, building an El Camino so I can get down and get on the dirt track. And, and if, if we get it built before the season's over, you know, do some stuff on the asphalt. But um, I do still make passes at the drag strip occasionally. I, 
I got to go down in um, November. We went to the Frank Holly Drag Racing School in Florida, and I got my Super Comp license, and my husband got his Funny Car license. So um, now I officially can go as fast as I want at the drag strip. Um, but I try it out every once in a while. It's just um, you know, if I'm running things, I really can't uh, be out playing too much. Perfect. I love to see it. Definitely a busy season for you guys uh, and, and for you. Uh, your plate is full, so I commend you on that. But I always look forward to seeing pictures and everything that comes out there. And like Kyle said, we have been to a lot of short tracks in our time, and it is still both on our bucket list. Kyle, I think this is where we really need to start pushing the issue of taking NASCAR coast to coast on the road. I think this I'm, is the perfect I'm, time. I'm okay with that. And I think everybody that's behind the scenes on this show is okay with that too, because it's a fantastic facility up there. And I just, That'd be a great place to just go take pictures for the day for yeah, the races. I think so as well. well I was, go ahead. <laughs> I texted uh, uh, Kevin Neveline today at NASCAR, and I was like, you know, said if we win this advanced auto parts, uh, advance my track challenge, you might have to, you know, send send some people up to announce a race. You know, I, you know, Hannah, I we've been trying to get you to come <laughs> up for a while, so um, it would be cool to have somebody come up here and, you know, present the check and, and get to hang out with us for a little bit. So Perfect. That, that, that's the deal right there. Signed, sealed, delivered. If it happens, I will be there again. Michelle, thank you so much for taking some time today. Uh, we look forward to watching your season, and uh, uh, thank you again. Right on. Thanks, guys. Again, that was Michelle Maynard, general manager of Alaska Raceway Park, and she would mentioned it, Advanced Auto Parts. Currently running a campaign, Advance My Track. You can vote for your home track, whether that's Alaska Raceway Park or any track across the country that is NASCAR sanctioned at advancemytrack.com. $50,000 will go to that track for any improvements that they may need. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, we're going to have your Wheelin' Modified Tour Spotlight brought to you by Wheelin' Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak this season toyota racing is looking for jugglers Uh not the ones who toss balls or rings Uh fans that can juggle the rigors of a 10 month long season across many different racing circuits well what if i added knives what if you added gr cup formula drift and off-road racing if you can juggle it all then we want you be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing toyota let's go places formula drift is a registered trademark of formula drifts holdings llc Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? 
Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Time now for another Wheel and Engineering Modified Tour Driver Spotlight here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Joined by a Wakefield, New Hampshire driver, Melissa Fifield, who has been on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour for the past seven seasons. She will enter her eighth season here in 2021. Melissa, thanks for taking the time to join us here today. Hi, Kyle. Thanks for having me on. Now, you have a pretty small operation on the Modified Tour, just you and your dad, maybe a couple of family friends. How difficult is that uh, compared to a lot of these mega teams that we talk to every week that have a dozen or more guys, including full-time employees that work on their car? I don't think you have that luxury. No, I do not, unfortunately. I do have a great group of volunteer guys, some from Connecticut, some from Massachusetts that uh, you know meet us at the racetrack and just do it because they love it. And of course, I have the support of my dad and you know, family back at home, but uh, it's, it definitely makes it tough. Last season was tough trying to make sure you had enough people if everyone would show up and, but going into this year, I think, uh, I think we've got a great group of guys, certainly not as much, but. (laughs) I I bet it was tough, especially uh, in a pandemic last season. Um, Let's go back to the beginning now. Uh, What sparked your interest in racing as a youngster? So I grew up going to the races when I was about five or six with, my family, they thought about a cheap outing, but I fell in love with race cars the moment I saw them. And, you know, I didn't start till I was about 12. So I begged from five years old on to get, get going and uh, started when I was in go-karts and, you know, won a track championship there. And I grew up going to Loudon since I was five and fell in love with the modifieds. And it was always a dream of mine to be able to race a modified, just watching them. And there's just something special about them. And, you know, the NASCAR tours, the best drivers in the world and you only get better racing with the best drivers first time i saw you in an allison legacy car at the waterford speed bowl uh you found some success in that division but jumped to the modifieds pretty quick uh what kind of determined that route for you to to go from an allison legacy car i'm not sure if there was much time between that and jumping in a tour car not much time between that um i had tested a late model i had an opportunity to have a full ride with that and it just wasn't something that I was in love with. I knew modifieds were my passion and, and knew from that moment, my next step was to, you know, go into a modified. When you go to the garage, uh, some of these racetracks, especially this year, we're going to go to several new facilities. Who do you lean on? Are there, is there people in the garage that you go to and, and ask for advice either with the car or, or how to get around some of these racetracks? So we do have support from Fury. It's a little different now with, you know, everything going on, not having as much track support hands-on there. But, um, you know, I used to go to Wade Cole a lot and he was kind of my uh, buddy for support there. But there's a few drivers out there. If you have any questions or aren't sure about something, you can kind of reach out to for a couple of things. Right around 100 starts on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. You've raced on all the tour tracks over the last seven years. You have a favorite? Ooh, I would say, actually, I love Bristol. That was probably one of the funnest tracks we went to. Uh, obviously, New Hampshire Motor Speedway being my home track is has a special place in my heart just growing up there. And it's every time I get to roll through the tunnel, it's, it's like a, a dream come true still. I get goosebumps being able to race there. You're the only lady in the field full-time. We see Amy Catalano come down. We saw Renee Dupree in the Modified Tour years ago. Um, 
We see a lot in the SK lights and the SK modifieds at Stafford and Thompson. Why do you think we don't see that many on the NASCAR wheel and modified tour and make it to that level? I think, um, I think we're going to see females coming up through where you mentioned there's a lot in SK lights, SKs right now. Um, you know, there's other series too right now with modifieds with the open shows and everything. So there's a lot of competition in the modified series on where to run and where to race and everything. But I think in the next couple of years, I think you're going to see a surge, you know, potentially in the tour or, you know, other touring series across New England. That's true. Definitely a lot of options for modified racing up here in New England. Uh, we talked about a lot of the newness in 2021, going to Lancaster, New York uh, for the first time, going to Beach Ridge for the first time in 15 years. And of course, we open the season in Martinsville here in a couple of weeks time. What are you looking forward to most this 2021 season and the 14 races that we do have? You know, I'm really looking forward to going to tracks that I haven't been to yet. You know, I'm excited for Martinsville uh, getting there. I think that's going to be a great season opener. I think there's a lot of buzz around it. And, you know, I, I like the 14 races. It makes it a little bit easier for our smaller teams, especially right now with everything going on. So as much as I'd love to race every day, and unfortunately the budget wise, you know, doesn't go for that right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, racing can't be full time because we live up here in, in the Northeast and it snows, I feel like five or six months out of the year. That's an exaggeration, but maybe not really after this past winter. What's life like for you off the racetrack when you're not in your modified strapped in it uh, looks like you're at work right now, actually. Yes, I am. So uh, in 2019, I opened a uh, used car dealership. And not only am I able to run the race cars here and run that business as well, but, you know, I, I work seven days a week and, and selling cars and running the operation here. And so that's always been a dream of mine. I had worked in the automotive industry for a while and wanted to have a business where both businesses work together and seems to be going pretty good so far. So are there any other hobbies besides racing and work? There's, you know, I go to the gym. That's about it. I've pretty much working seven days a week is uh, I like to cook. I like to bake, but I'm pretty busy as it is right now. <laughs> you're going to pay for, pay for that race car that you're going to kick off here in just a couple of weeks time at the Martinsville Speedway. Um, Melissa, thanks for joining us here on NASCAR Coast to Coast and our wheel in engineering modified tour driver spotlight. Look forward to seeing you during the 2021 modified season. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry. Trust to perform since 1952. This NASCAR season, Toyota Racing isn't looking for just anyone to join the team. No, we're looking for bankers, the ones who are open on Sundays. So if you live for the gravity-defying 31-degree banks like this one on Turn 4 in Daytona, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. A busy weekend this past weekend for short tracks all across the country as they continue to open up their seasons and get their racing underway. Uh, down here in the south, we were pretty busy with Ace opening up their season this past weekend. Late model stocks was Trevor Ward over Dustin Rumley and Ryan Millington. Hickory, another weekend in the books for them. They hosted the Carolina Pro Late Model Series. It was Nick Loudon over Leland Honeyman and Hayden Quapel, of course, younger brother to Carson Quapel, who won the Cars Tour two weekends ago. In the late model division, it was Josh Kosick, and in the limited late model, it was Mark Johnson. Again, their schedule slightly affected by rain this past weekend. Caraway had another week- weekend in the books as well. Their late model sportsman division, Boo Boo Dalton taking the win, still one of my favorite names, in the it late is. model racing right now over Blaze Brinkley and Blake Bledsoe. A little bit farther south in Crisp uh, for the Georgia Spring Nationals at the Southern Super Series, Corey Heim adds another win already to his 2021 book over Jake Garcia and Jeremy Pate. And Evergreen had their season opener. The pro late model division was Naima Lang over Dawson Cox and Garrett Evans. Uh, and up your way, Kyle, was the Turkey Derby this past weekend, of course, getting rescheduled from last year's Thanksgiving date. From the better late than never <laughs> department at Wall Stadium in uh, New Jersey, Matt Hirschman won both 50-lap segments of the event. The race originally is supposed to be a straight 150-lap feature, but because of low car counts, track management decided to split it up into 50-50. And in the days since, there have been several articles out on the interwebs concerning track promotion. Um, at Wall Stadium, it's been noted that they have not updated their Facebook page since last June, June 26th, I believe. And because of that, it's not a surprise that, you know, a lot of folks didn't know that the Turkey Derby that is usually held on Thanksgiving weekend was going to be held in the uh, or on the last weekend of March the following year. So I guess my question to you um, as the old guy here to the young lad on the far side of the table um, is how much one is how, you know, how much the tracks need to use social media. Uh, obviously, it's important. We found that out. They have 16,000 followers that, you know, many of which probably didn't know that there was a race this weekend. And two, how much is too much? Um, because there are some tracks that pump out content morning, noon, and night, 12 months a year. Yeah, you know, Kyle, you and I have talked about this. And, and from the broadcast side of things, having Facebook pages that are up to date, having social media, whether it's promoting events. I mean, we're in a day and age of social media. I always say that I would love to delete Twitter, but I get about 98% of my information, whether it's going into a race weekend, breaking news, what to expect, what happened from social media websites as well. I mean, you know, I've taken on a new role at Cars Tour being one of the booth announcers, and that comes with a lot more note-taking than I think I anticipated. And there are drivers out there that run consistently in the Cars Tour, and Cars Tour does a great job of promoting their drivers. But when you're looking up stats, there are drivers that I know have huge stat books and I can't find anything on them. And the same goes for, for racetracks. And I think that's something we're seeing a, a turn of the tides. I mean, we're, we've talked to three track promoters in the last five episodes that are taking over the new management. And 
it's the new concept of social media and websites and stuff that I think are coming with it uh, because we still have a lot of track promoters and a lot of management, and there's nothing wrong with it, that are probably still stuck in the, it was printed in the local newspaper or, oh, we race every Saturday night. You should just be there. And I think we're, we're in a time of our lives where everyone gets so busy if you don't have something reminding them. Uh, but like you said, some some Twitter, you don't need to remind them every hour and 12 minutes with something on their social media pages. And there's definitely a, a fine line of the involvement, the interaction with fans and drivers on social media and, and websites. Uh, but it is very helpful. If you listen to this and you are a racetrack, or a driver for that matter, that does not have an updated Facebook page, please call me because if I don't do it, I will find someone that will help you do it. You want to know what? I always tell people that people that call me and say, I want to get involved in racing, whether it's marketing, media, whatever, what do I do? Call your local short track. Offer to take over their social media, whether it's an internship, a part-time job. You are helping everyone that is involved from the drivers, the track, the media, it is general exposure. Uh, so if you're looking for a job also, call your local racetrack or call me and I will find you a racetrack to work at uh, because it is super helpful. And Kyle, we're just in a day and age that, that unfortunately you have to embrace social media as much as we would love to shun it away. And I get it. The local print ad and the local paper still might be important, but it's, I don't think, top of the line important like it was. 20, 25 years ago, you also have to think, what are the chances of them forgetting their username and password on their Facebook account at Wall Stadium? You never know. But hopefully, you know, they uh, they can correct it. By the way, their next event will help promote them uh, Saturday, April 24th for their opening night of their regular weekly series at Wall Stadium. Yeah, you're listening to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. Also, Wall Stadium social media page, so stay tuned for updates throughout, throughout the episode. But, no, again, you mentioned them having another race this up-and-coming weekend. A big race also happening this weekend, which is a little bit more timely with where we are in the year. The Easter Bunny 150. There we go. Uh, yeah, that one's on time this year. Uh, it's happening at Hickory this up-and-coming weekend. Past series, obviously, putting that on. It's supposed to be pretty decent car count. Getting a lot of your northern guys that are a little sick yep. and tired of the cold up there or their track's not being open yet. Coming down here to race, uh, they're racing alongside the ACT Tour, which is not the same thing as a super late model. They're like late model stocks. But um, ACT and Pass have teamed up this year to run a handful of races coincided with each other to promote car count and promote traveling. So if you're in the Hickory area or the North Carolina area, it's supposed to be a beautiful weekend here in the Carolinas. Uh, so definitely go support your short trackers. Derek Griffith, I actually just talked to him, one of the northerners. It will be coming down for the Easter Bunny. Kyle, what are you doing this weekend? It's an off weekend for NASCAR. It is an off weekend. I'm not sure what I'm going to do, actually. Um, you want to come down here for the Easter do. Bunny? No, I'll be at Stafford, I know, Thursday and Friday doing some Just preseason. Ask what you were doing, and you said nothing. Pre, well, preseason work for, for the Sizzler coming up in a couple of weeks. One more note, Bowman Gray Stadium, uh, they have pushed back their season opener. Uh, it was supposed to be in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Hayes Jewelers 150 scheduled for April 17th, but because of the current restrictions down in North Carolina, track management said 50% capacity plus physical distancing isn't enough for us. So we are going to wait till, I guess, the next phase. Um, so I assume that will also affect the April 24th twin 25 lap modified features, although that was not mentioned in the press release. After that, May 1st, the Kevin Powell Motorsports 100 
We'll see if restrictions are changed by them, but by then. But definitely the April 17th season opener going to be uh, postponed. Yeah, very interesting. You can't win them all. You know, you've got some states that are wide open and able to go racing at 100% capacity. And, of course, some of these areas, like Michelle had mentioned, where we've got racetracks in every which direction for 25 minutes. Uh, uh, definitely still forced with some challenges, even though the 2021 season is upon us. But again, we want to thank Michelle Maynard with Alaska Raceway Park for joining us today here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Hopefully everyone has a safe weekend this up and coming weekend and enjoys their Easter weekend as well. We'll have more short track racing news for you next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. I'm Hannah Newhouse. For Kyle Ricky and producers Greg Moore and Julian Alexa Henry, and we will see you guys next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast.